Welcome beyond the Reiki Gateway. I'm your host, Andrea Kennedy. Like countless others, Reiki found me when I wasn't even looking, and then it ignited a whole new world of questions. This podcast explores topics of interest for the spiritually curious. Join me for discussions and special guests on subjects such as past lives, crystal healing, spiritual awakening, ascension, energy healing, and more, all to assist and inspire you along your unique soul's journey. Hello and welcome beyond the Reiki Gateway. I'm your host, Andrea Kennedy. I'm delighted to introduce you to my guest today, Kim Morrison. Kim founded 28 Essentials in 2008, which is an organic, chemical-free skincare and aromatherapy company with inspiring online educational programs focused on the use and benefits of essential oils and the fundamentals of self-care. Kim is also a five-time best-selling author, podcaster, and health and lifestyle coach and educator. Since she began her company, she has been on a mission to help women find a pathway back to themselves through self-love. Welcome to the show, Kim. I'm so thrilled to have you here. And a lot of our listeners have been writing in and they want to know more about essential oils. And I'm a big fan of self-love, self-care, and I think now is the time for more of that. I am thrilled that you're here and we can delve into both topics. Thanks for joining me. No, oh, it is such a pleasure and thank you so much for having me. It's podcasts and information and webinars and masterclasses, all of these beautiful educational pathways are such a delight for us all to learn so much about our own self-worth, but more importantly, how we care for ourselves. So thank you. Indeed. My pleasure. I'd like to first start, if you don't mind, about your background a little bit. How did you get interested in essential oils? Because it's kind of a special little niche, I think, in wellness products. And uh, I'm curious to know, what got you started with essential oils? I guess if I look back to my childhood, I had two grandmothers. One was a baker, and I just loved the smell of whenever we went to her house. And the other one was a green thumb. And so she always talked to me about the scent and the aromatics of plants. And I didn't have that one around for very long. Sadly, I lost her when I was nine, uh, but the other one with the baking. So smell was kind of like something I was very interested in from a young age without really understanding and appreciating the power of smell. And then as I grew and got more and more interested in my sport, which I became a top athlete in a sport down under called netball, I got more interested and curious about the things I was putting into and onto my body. And then when I moved to Melbourne from New Zealand, I moved to Australia at the age of 19. There's never any accidents in life. I was working in a gymnasium and just trying to raise funds to travel the world. And right next door to this gymnasium was a natural therapies college. And I just found myself constantly drawn to it. And outside on the window was a course advertising a 10-week course in essential oils. And I was quite interested. I had $180 in my bank account and the course was $160. And thank goodness my mum couldn't see where I was spending my money in those days. I signed up to this course and many of us will appreciate that the more you learn, the more you realize you don't know. That 10-week course became a three-year diploma of 
essential oils, aromatherapy, sports therapy, nutrition, and also understanding the fundamentals of mindset using the power of smells. So that's kind of where it all began. And I was very fortunate to follow two beautiful women in Melbourne who had just started an aromatherapy business. And I don't know about you, but I was sitting there in this workshop looking up at them going, I want what they've got. And so I followed them in everything. And eventually they offered training. And then I went on and did my aromatherapy diploma, kinesiology, reflexology. And these two girls then chose me to be one of their international presenters. So for the last 25 years, I have been teaching the fundamentals and the practice of aromatherapy using essential oils. That's incredible. I love how you brought up how there aren't any accidents because I totally agree with you on that. There just are no accidents. I love your story and how you stumbled upon that. My next question for you, though, is early on, were you skeptical about these things at all? Or did you just totally get it right from the get-go? No, I've never been skeptical about plants, medicine, natural therapies. If anything, I've been drawn more and more to them. And the more I see in this day and age where I guess I've become skeptical as to why people question natural therapies or modalities that have been around for thousands of years. Aromatherapy dates back 4,000 years. There's scriptures and there's texts showing the power of scent and smell. We also know that there's many plant and herbal medicines that have been around for thousands of years. And our forefathers and mothers have used these beautiful plants and the wisdom of their forefathers and mothers for so, so long. I find it challenging that modern day medicine would question it. So I guess from my perspective, there's always the balance, the dichotomy, the understanding of both extremes. And I truly appreciate modern medicine and the power of what medicine has brought to our modern day world. But I would encourage anyone to continuously embrace and bring with them the knowledge of all of that wisdom over thousands and thousands of years. And I think the real interesting thing, Andrea, is that what really questioned and sparked my curiosity as to why modern day medicine doesn't embrace these beautiful modalities is because you cannot patent an essential oil. You cannot patent a plant. So therefore, these medicines or where money is to be made is through the patency of drugs and pharmaceuticals. That is where I understand the differences between modern day medicine and all the wisdom for thousands of years using what our forefathers and mothers always knew. That is so true. I appreciate you bringing that up. You're very, very right. Now, there have been studies and different things, certainly about essential oils and certainly about aroma, smell, and that kind of thing. Can you explain some of the science behind essential oils and how they work? Yeah, sure. We know if you walk past the lavender bush, if you touch those beautiful flowers, you will have an aromatic experience. Or you can drag your hand through the leaves of rosemary or crush a basil leaf. And those aromatics are so strong. When you peel an orange or a mandarin, if you ever get stung in the eye, that's the essential oil that's been ruptured in the gland. And that's what stings your eye, the essential oil. And so we know these aromatics are there. I guess for how they work is when a farmer, he takes all that plant material, 
uh, let's use lavender as a classic example. And he'll place that into a massive distiller. And this distiller can have a wire rack on the bottom with water at the bottom of that. All the plant material goes on top and then the heat is applied. And as that water heats and becomes steam, we know that the steam travels up through all that plant material, rupturing the essential oil gland, and then steam rises. And we know that when steam hits a cold surface, it condenses. And so therefore that that liquid is then transferred down what we call the condensing tube into a Florentine flask. When that water or that fluid, that liquid hits the Florentine flask, when it sits there, you will see very quickly two very distinct liquids. One is the oil, which floats to the top. We can think of a salad dressing to understand the science between oil and water not mixing. So oil goes to the top. And then what's left in the bottom of that is what we call a hydrosol or floral water. The essential oil is tapped off the top, and that is what we call the pure essential oil. It's a little bit more like an alcohol than an oil, but the fundamentals, the chemistry that makes up that oil, when you then place a drop of that into a gas spectrometry or mass spectrometry meter, we then get to see one drop of that essential oil going into this beautiful gas spectrometry machine. We then get a whole reading. And it can be up to 400 constituents that make up that one drop of that essential oil. So within that, we have major and minor constituents. So it might be a major phenol. We can have minor constituents. And then we have what we call trace elements. Now, science is very clever. We have learned how to copy or mimic the major and minor constituents. But one thing science is not clever than Mother Nature All those trace elements, those tiny little trace elements that make up that essential oil have not yet been mastered to be copied. So we therefore have an essential oil that has all these trace elements, major and minor constituents, which make up the whole complexity of that beautiful oil. We can, unfortunately, in this world, this day and age, 70% of the aromatherapy world is adulterated because farmers may have a drought or their flood or there may be questions or they may need a higher yield. And so sadly, we've learned that we can add a synthetic counterpart to that oil. Now, to the everyday person, we may not smell the difference. Even I find it challenging sometimes to smell the difference between a synthetic counterpart and a beautiful extract from an essential oil. And so it really comes down to this testing where we get to understand whether or not an oil is pure or adulterated. And for the most part, the only way I would say to the everyday person is probably price. You want to know on the bottle that has 100% pure essential oil written on the bottle, but sometimes they'll still say that, and yet there's an adulterated synthetic counterpart. So it's very challenging for the everyday user. But if you ever said to me, "Mm, I can get lavender for $5, my ears will perk and I'll go, hmm. A normal natural organic oil, and I'm speaking in Australian dollar terms, so a normal natural organic lavender would be around $30, which is probably somewhere around 12 US dollars. But if I see a rose oil for $20 or something like that, pure rose oil, to get that, you're looking at 500 Australian dollars for five mils. 
So if I see $5 of rose oil, I know that there is no way you can have pure organic rose oil for $5. So how they get around that is that they might put one drop of pure rose oil into a bottle of oil and call it pure rose oil. But it would have to have a carrier oil or synthetic counterparts if it was cheaper than 500 Australian dollars for five mils. So yes, there's a very big science in behind it. That's how we get the essential oil and how we test it through mass spectrometry or gas chromatographs. That's the power of understanding whether or not an oil is pure. Then how it works is if we inhale an aroma, any aroma, we can smell my grandmother baking her beautiful banana bread. Those beautiful particles travel into the environment and up the olfactory system. When we inhale an oil in the same way, we can smell lavender or rose or orange. Those molecules will travel up the olfactory system, hit the limbic part of the brain, which is actually our emotional center. And within three to five seconds, we can have a biological, physiological response to that smell. And therefore, our body will release endorphins and chemicals dependent on what we've just inhaled. And I guess a great way to explain that is when you inhale lavender, those beautiful molecules, the beautiful ketones and phenols and all the chemical constituents that make up lavender hit the limbic part of the brain. And because those beautiful chemical constituents have a very calming effect, it will therefore signify to the brain to release beautiful calming chemicals and we feel calm as opposed to peppermint or rosemary. It will signify to the brain a more stimulated response. So we have this beautiful ability via the blood-brain barrier. We can have these beautiful chemical responses. So that's inhaling it. The other way we use oils is on the skin. So when we place an essential oil, preferably diluted onto the skin, it is picked up via the bloodstream, carried and transported around the system via the hair follicle into the bloodstream. And again, within three to four hours, our body will absorb, metabolize, and excrete those oils, particularly via urine, sweat, and breath. So that's how we use the powers of essential oils from plant to oil, inhaled or on the skin. That is kind of like the science in behind what happens when we use these powerful plant extracts. That's really something. I love too how you touched on the purity question. Because I think it was a few years ago, over here in the States, on social media, it was all I saw on social media was post after post about essential oils and use it for this and that, you know, the next thing. As a consumer or as someone thinking about using them, I got into them a little bit, but wow, it's a bit daunting just for the average person because there are so many to choose from. And then you mentioned the carrier oil. I admit, I'm lazy. I just want to forget the carrier oil. You know, that confused me a little bit. I didn't know which carrier oil and, and how to dilute it, you know, correctly. And uh, I guess that's why you probably teach classes on this. Isn't that right? <laughs> well, you got to remember, just because it's a natural therapy, like any modality, it requires education. And just because it's natural doesn't mean it's safe. And if you have a well-meaning advocate of essential oils 
or what these beautiful big multi-level marketing companies have now brought so much attention to our industry, they can be very well-meaning. But if they don't understand the science or how essential oils work or the effect that they can have on us individually and when you start blending them, then that well-meaning advice can actually harm people. So I think what's important is whilst there's a lot of information out there, and as you say, Andrea, it can be incredibly confusing, my wish is always that you go to someone who is educated or follow people who understand the importance of safety and education and contraindications when it comes to essential oils. They're not just there to make you money. And what's beautiful about multi-level marketing companies is yes, by sharing your passion, you can make money, but let's just not do it at the expense of someone's health and well-being. And from my perspective, what I love about these companies, as I said, they've shown the light on our industry. I've been involved in this industry for over three decades, and I've never seen so many people talk about essential oils and aromatherapy as I have today. It tends to come in waves. But the minute someone's injured with essential oils or someone has maybe taken them internally wrong or a child has been injured or at the worst, people can die from the toxicity of these things. You have to remember that then it puts a damaging light on the industry just because one or two people may not have adhered to the complexities or understanding the science and behind these. So yes, you can use oils like lavender and orange and peppermint and rosemary. All of these are beautiful everyday oils. But if you start to use oils like wintergreen, camphor, when you start going down or using an oil like cinnamon even, these have a very uh, contraindicative response to the skin and therefore people can feel like they've been burnt by these oils. So keep it simple. Use the everyday oils. And yes, that is why I educate people because in my humble opinion, use them. I want this medicine or this plant medicine, this modality to be used every day. You can use essential oils every day in many ways. But remember that if you're an everyday aromatherapist, keep it very simple. If you want to use it therapeutically or to support something to change your health or to improve your health, that's moving now more into medical aromatherapy. And that is where you might want to work with a qualified herbalist, aromatherapist, or aromatherapy expert. So that would be my only thing, is be mindful of that. Thank you so much. What I'd like to know a little bit more about is how powerful can essential oils be? You talked just a moment ago about medical, working with someone with that knowledge. What's possible or what have you seen in your decades of working with essential oils. Do you have some stories of, of some results or something that might surprise us? I'll give you two extremes. One, I'll give you the, the, the amazing thing, like lavender oil. I call her your dream mum in a bottle because she's like the mother hug of all oils. And whilst I appreciate some people may have an adverse reaction to them, and we can talk about sometimes people have a response to an oil, but it's emotionally based. They might have had a very grumpy grandmother that grew lavender, so therefore they have a negative association to this oil. But let me talk about it from a positive point of view. When Dr. Jean Valnay first discovered the powers of this beautiful oil, he was doing some research in his 
scientific laboratory and he burnt himself on a Bunsen burner. He instantly plunged his hand into a vat of lavender oil. And that was really, as legend will have it, one of the very first reasonings we understood the power of lavender and its anti-inflammatory and cooling effect it can have on burns, bites, and stings. I personally have used lavender on a burn or a bite. You know, sometimes, and I had a beautiful example of this many years ago where I placed something into the oven did a beautiful experiment. I actually put both hands into the oven and the wire rack burnt both insides of my forearm. And in that instance, I thought, I now have myself, unintentionally, I have an example. So I used lavender on the right wrist and did nothing except cold water on the right. So what I noticed within hours is the one where I used lavender and cold water, that went down very, very quickly. And in fact, within a week, there was no sign of that burn. The one on the left with just cold water and compressing and doing all the things that we do every day, it took four weeks for that to actually disappear. So that was my first understanding for myself based on Jean Valnay's experience. I looked at that and went, that is the potency of how powerful lavender is what we call one of the most cytophylactic oils, which means cell regenerating. So lavender has this powerful ability to regenerate our cells. That is the beauty of something like lavender in a medicinal therapeutic place. You can also use lavender, a drop on your pillow at night to help you sleep. And again, I had a girlfriend who I gave her a bottle of lavender oil, 10 mils of pure, 100% organic essential oil. And three days later, she said, oh, it doesn't go very far. She had not diluted it. And was like pouring drops (laughs) of it onto her pillow. And she said, I can't sleep. And so what we do know to be true, too much of anything can have a toxic or reverse effect. And it was keeping her awake at night because she had way too much lavender on her body and on her pillow. Those are two classics of the extremes. From a medicinal point of view, this is a true story that happened to one of my friend's son. Little Dylan was only five years of age. He had a very bad cold, coughed and flu. And it was so bad that he'd been prescribed antibiotics. Now, his dad, in the goodness of his heart, woke in the middle of the night, heard Dylan coughing and sneezing and not having a very good sleep, went in to get a teaspoon of the antibiotic that he'd been prescribed, didn't realize in the dark he picked up a bottle of eucalyptus instead. He poured a teaspoon of eucalyptus into that teaspoon and fed that to Dylan. Dylan, within seconds, was hyperventilating. They had to call an ambulance. He was rushed to hospital. We nearly lost Dylan because you cannot pump the body. You cannot get oils out of the body once it's in the stomach. So they basically had to monitor Dylan. And there were moments where it was very, very touch and go. So just one teaspoon, now I say one teaspoon, that's a lot of essential oil, but that one teaspoon nearly killed a five-year-old boy. And his dad has said to me ever since, please share the story. He's never felt so bad in his life, but he did want, he is given the okay to share this to just show the extreme effects that an oil can have when you take them internally. So I'm very mindful of the powers of essential oils, but like any modality, There's also the toxicity rate. And if we look at the bell curve of anything, 
there's the beautiful at the top of the bell curve. We get the right dose, the right application, the right moment, powerful. But you can go one way or the other. And if you tip into the toxicity of the bell curve, we can have very adverse, sad, tragic reactions. You've really got me thinking there because this is definitely a field where we can use education much, much more for sure. I mean, I'm reflecting back on <laughs> different things I did with essential oils and I'm thinking, ooh, yeah, I won't mention some of those things. So I have some over on my shelf there, but I think uh, before I crack any more of those open, I'll make it a point to learn a little bit more about them. The lavender on your skin, did you dilute that at all or did you just put it straight on? So that's an interesting one. There's very few oils that you can use undiluted and the safest one is lavender. Another popular one to use undiluted is tea tree. However, some people still respond to tea tree negatively. So if you're not sure, what you can do is just dampen a cotton bud, place a drop on the end and then place that neat onto the area that's affected like a burn, a bite or a sting. For most people, and again, it's all individual, what can be a powerful medicine for some can be a toxic dose for someone else. So again, it's you've got to trial these things. All medications and drugs are trial and you'll always see that it'll say they can cause adverse reaction, can cause headaches, can cause that. That's because for some people, it can do that. So I wouldn't say that lavender is the safest oil for everybody by any stretch of the imagination. But in my research and understanding of this incredible modality, it is definitely considered one of the most effective to use straight on the skin. But you have to, I have to add something to that in small areas. So I'm talking like a burn from what I had on the inside of my wrist, not lathering myself and massaging it all over my skin all over. When you use it in undiluted amounts, one of the safest ways to do that is on a damp cotton wool directly then onto the affected area. But most of us will then dilute essential oils. And there's a prescription for diluting oils. That's why it's so cool to know that there is a beautiful chart and there's beautiful measurements of how many drops to use, where and how. And here's my biggest piece of advice. Less is best or less is more. When it comes to aromatherapy, less is always best. One drop, as I said to you, measured on a gas spectrometry meter can have over 400 constituents in that one drop. So remember, they are potent. They are very highly concentrated. Some of them are up to a hundred times more concentrated than the herb or the plant that they've come from. So that's why we teach less is more or less is best. Great advice. Now, your friend who was using it on her pillow, if you want to use it like that, the drop on your pillow, like you said, for sleeping, how would you do that? Well, for many people, if you've got beautiful French silk pillowcases and you don't want to make any marks or anything like that, what we do is place one or two drops onto a tissue and place that inside where you rest your head. That's a really nice way to ensure that your linen doesn't get ruined. Lavender, as I said to you, I mentioned at the beginning, essential oils are a little bit more like an alcohol. They evaporate very quickly. Lavender tends to be, pure organic lavender, doesn't tend to leave any stain. I do have silk pillowcases and I do put a drop or two on my pillow direct. But if you're unsure, onto a tissue and then slip that inside the pillowcase. That's what I did when my babies were little. 
I'd put a drop or two of lavender or the blend that I created, Instant Calm, and I'd slip that underneath the sheet or the pillowcase of where that child or baby is sleeping. It just makes it a lot more safe. You don't want to be lying directly onto a drop. As I said, they can be quite potent. And for some people, even the effect of lying directly onto a drop, it could cause irritation. I haven't heard of it. I haven't seen it. But I'm just going to put a caveat out there that it it could happen. That's an everyday way, a simple way to maybe begin incorporating some essential oils, you know, into daily life. This episode is sponsored by the new Mainstream Reiki community, where we bring together Reiki practitioners of all levels, styles, and lineages to build a supportive, like-minded community, continue our education and practice together so that we can deepen our understanding of Reiki, explore related topics, and empower ourselves and each other to practice Reiki with more confidence. Join us for live Reiki practice, participate in group mentoring sessions, and conversations to share insights and connect with other Reiki practitioners in a welcoming atmosphere free of social media and advertising. If you'd like to learn more about joining us there, please visit members.mainstreamreiki.com. You had touched on something, and I loved this because I was going to ask you about this, and then you just barely brushed up against it. So I want to talk to you about the response. You had indicated that somebody might have a different sort of association with a scent, you know, with the aroma. And that's exactly what I wanted to ask you, because in general, right, we might say citrus is uplifting or, you know, we might have a certain general response to certain scents. But you mentioned an emotional response that might be different. Can we talk some about the other ways aromatherapy affects us, not just physically, but in the other ways? Yes, well, mentally and emotionally, they can affect us spiritually. We know that scents have been used as unguents for many, many thousands of years to help ward off negative evil spirits. So we can use them in many beautiful ritualistic ways. But I guess, let's think about us, Andrea, at high school. Let's say, I don't know, you went out or you had a friend that went out with a really hot guy and he was gorgeous and he wore, I don't know if this is a common aftershave, but let's say Brute 33 or After Spice or something like that that was around in the 80s and 90s. And depending on on how you went through that relationship and how that happened or whatever occurred, let's say the relationship split. Years later, you're at a function and someone walks past with the same aftershave. You'll have a biochemical, physiological, emotional response to that smell. But it'll depend on how you split up or what the feelings were back then with that, that guy at high school. So let's say you broke up or he broke your heart and he left you for someone else. When you inhale that aroma, there will be these emotions that are evoked of maybe unrequited love or hurt or, oh, is he here? Or let's say you broke up and you left him and he was a bit of a a dork and you didn't want to be with him anymore. 
and someone walks past with that on, you're going to be like, oh, you know, are they here? You will have a very subtle but very different biochemical, physiological, emotional response to that aroma. So smell evokes memories. Smell evokes emotions. And as I said before, if you had a very grumpy granny that used lavender, you may not have a positive association to the smell of lavender. So what I do for people who may think that they don't like an aroma, I'll use the powers of NLP, neurolinguistic programming, hypnotherapy or timeline therapy to create a new experience or odor association. And that's really cool. Or if we still can't break through that through the powers of the mind, and I still want them to use the powers of lavender, I will make a blend that has a very small amount of lavender and I may use way stronger oils like marjoram or frankincense or sandalwood that can have nice calming effects, but I will blend the lavender in so that we get the potency of lavender, but the other oils will overshadow the aroma of that to stop that odor association or that memory. So yes, we can use them very powerfully to recreate a new experience, or we can use them powerfully to create a new experience. So my daughter, I'll give this as an example, she was studying for a maths exam. Maths wasn't her highest skill point. She's a professional dancer, now a professional PT. So for her, maths wasn't really that important, but she needed to get a good grade for this maths exam. And so what we did is I blended some beautiful oils that would help her concentrate spearmint, peppermint, rosemary for remembrance, lavender to keep her calm, frankincense for the fear or the worry, made up this beautiful blend. And what we did in the week leading up to that exam is we placed that blend in the diffuser or a vaporizer, whatever you've got, and she had that. So on the days where she was studying, she had all her books open, she was inhaling this beautiful aroma. We then also put a drop the drop of each of those on a tissue and she tucked it into her bra as she was studying and learning. So the warmth of her body was creating this aromatic diffusion that she was also inhaling as she was studying. On the day of the exam, we made that blend up on a tissue, put that into her bra and I said to her as she sat there before she even opens the paper, I want you to really take in the aroma of what's on your heart and your chest. Take three deep breaths and say, I am open, I am willing, and I'm ready for this exam. So she did. And just taking that little intentional focus with the power of the odor association linked to having a whole week of having that amazing same aroma there while she was studying with all her books open, she then could take that into the exam. Now, here's the power of the brain. The odor association instantly released all the same chemicals and emotions that she had when her books were open. She danced out of that exam. When I picked her up at the end of the day, we didn't know her results at this point, but she came skipping out. She goes, I think it went really well. I think it went really well. We got her results a couple of weeks later, and she had done incredibly well. She got in the 90s for that exam. And so I put that down to beautiful, creating what I'd call not just sniff peppermint, you're going to do great in an exam. It's the intentionality. It's the creation of rituals. It's taking the time to honor you and or whoever it is that you're helping in that beautiful space. So I would love to add to the power of essential oils comes the intentionality 
and the rituals, which is what I'm so big about in creating these gorgeous aromatic rituals to then aromatically anchor in the experience so that when we need them in the future, we could even think peppermint, spearmint, rosemary, frankincense, lavender. Imagine smelling it. And believe it or not, the body will have the same response, whether you have those oils with you or not. That is what the intentionality and the power of rituals will create. The power of the mind. Ah, it is an ingredient I think is so important in everything that we do. I think we often overlook that and we're just looking for the thing in the bottle or some people look for the crystal that's going to solve all their problems. And it's a holistic sort of approach, I think, that works best. As you describe the ritual and the the mind, neuro-linguistic programming, that's fascinating too. You really do offer so much uh, in your approach. And the example about dating the guy with the cologne, oh gosh. You know what that reminded me of though too is a song right? Isn't that very similar to if you hear a certain song, that can take you right back to that high school prom or that guy or who, you know, whatever we're talking about or the time when you were five and something happened. So it's sort of similar, isn't it? Yes. Well, we know that music and smell are the two that we have no control over. Just yesterday, I can give an example of my beautiful husband. We were at the gym and this particular red hot chili pepper song came on. We were talking about another beautiful soul here where I live who was opening up an amazing youth center for people that have either attempted suicide or have had really tough times. And in that conversation, hearing that song, my husband burst into tears and I just looked at him and so did our PT. And I realized because sadly and tragically, his sister took her life 17 years ago. It evoked all of those emotions. And so, you know, when those emotions come up, Andrea, it's also really important that we honor them, uh, the good and the not so good emotions. And I always have lavender and rose in my handbag, uh, in my gym bag. I have a mixture of different oils in there. And I just went over and got out the lavender and the rose, placed a drop of each on a tissue, went back to him, and I just said, just take some deep breaths, darling. And as he was crying and inhaling those oils, we all calmed, and Kerry, our PT, and I, we actually all had a little moment in that moment. And so I'm really about honoring the emotions as well. And one of my beautiful teachers always taught me, you have to feel it to heal it. And so that's why, you know, my little Mary Poppins bag, I will always carry, if nothing else, if no one takes anything from today's podcast or interview away from today, please just carry a little bottle of lavender with you. It is amazing how many times you could put a drop of that on a tissue and just help a friend in need or aromatically anchor in something really good. Um, so when something great happens, you could put a drop of lavender on that and go, I'm really loving this moment right now. Again, we can use oh, the power nice. of smell or a song to anchor in that moment. And that's where I go, really take a moment. Again, the intentionality, the mindset of 
you know, sometimes we we pay, well, it's proven, we pay attention 10 times more to something negative than we will something positive. And I love to use the power of smell and sound to also aromatically anchor in the good moments so that we can really appreciate them. Because I'm sure you and I both know life can hit you with curveballs. Let's embrace the good when we're in it. And then let's look for ways to help us through those challenging moments because none of us will escape those. Anchoring it in with intentionality like that. Oh, that is priceless. Programming that scent. I love that. And you kind of already said that earlier, but not in that way. You needed to say it in that way for me to get it. So oh, I appreciate that. Huh. There's just not enough time in the day to do all of these wonderful things. I mean, not just essential oils and, and what you're thinking about, but self-care, because that would be self-care, wouldn't it? To take time to anchor those emotions, the good stuff in to the aroma. For me, I would really need to have an awareness. I would need to be looking for ways to help myself like that, which I think can be challenging for a lot of people. You know, we're busy and we're hustling here and there and all of that. And I know you incorporate essential oils into self care and help people open up to self love and I'm wondering if you can explain a little bit about that and how it seems like you got going with essential oils and that led to so much more. How do you incorporate or is there a bridge between essential oils, self-care and self-love? Let's look at it like this. Every single day, we do certain routines, brush our teeth, go to the toilet, have a shower or a bath, we cook meals, we eat meals, we might go out and exercise, we might take a little bit further and have beautiful treatments like Reiki or chiropractic or have beautiful sessions with different people. We may be into grounding or breath work, we may love coffee with our friends, there's just so many routines that we all do on a daily basis. So I guess where I come in is how do we turn those daily routines into rituals? So when I know I have to have a shower, or I could give you my morning, I woke up this morning and I knew we had the gym, so I put a drop of rosemary on a tissue, took some deep breaths while I got ready for the gym, and then I ended up having a quick shower before I got dressed just to warm up because it's cool down under right now. Had a shower to warm up, and then I do a thing called body boosting. So every morning I... And I have done this every single day since I was 19 years of age, and I'm now 55. There has not been a day that I've missed since I was 19. So I will take three drops of my chosen essential oils or a blend, place it into a little teaspoon of my carrier oil, whether it's sweet almond, macadamia, coconut, or it can be my body lotion. I'll rub my hands together, and then naked, I will slap that all over my body. And then I go back and rub it all in. And as I'm doing that, I'll say, I love you, my legs. You're incredible. I'm loving the fact that we've got the gym to go to. Oh, look at you knees. You're so amazing. I love every aspect of you. Into the tummy, I'll go, oh, look at all those stripes of honor because I've had children. And 
rather than looking at myself with cellulite or fat, I go, I grew two babies in here, so I'm extraordinary. And then up over the chest, they may not sit where they used to sit, Andrea, years ago, but I always go up to encourage upwards motion. Down my arms, I've just had shoulder surgery, so I pay particular attention to this beautiful shoulder and say thank you for all the healing. And then I thank that shoulder for looking after this shoulder while it's healing. And at the very end, I will place both hands over my face and say something positive. I'm an amazing mum. I'm an incredible gym goer. I'm an amazing businesswoman. I'm phenomenal in all ways. I'll try and say something nice. I say this is creating a day by design. I want to set myself up to win from the beginning. But we also know on some days it's a bit challenging or life isn't that great or I don't feel like I'm a good mom or I haven't been going well in my business or something. But I don't want to disconnect myself from doing this ritual. So I'll say, God, please give me the courage, grace, strength and dignity to get through this day. So I'll say something or I just embrace myself with love today. So then I get out. Now, you might think that takes ages. I'm talking 10, 15 seconds to do that whole ritual, a minute max. Then I get in the car and I love to place a little drop on the seat and then I put my warmer seat on. And so I sit on this beautiful aromatic environment as I'm driving to the gym thinking, I'm going to have a really good session today. Then I get to the gym and without doubt, everyone at the gym always goes, you always smell so amazing. So I always get these beautiful comments about how I smell, which I love. Then I will do my beautiful workout and if I'm struggling, I really pay attention to the aroma that I can smell on me or if I haven't for some reason, I didn't shower that morning, I haven't body boosted yet, I will visualize my detox and strength and blend or my focus and clarity blend or just peppermint or rosemary or something uplifting and I will do it with intentionality. Then I come home, if I have another shower, which usually I do after the gym, I'll repeat the process just very quickly. Then I get into my day. I then put my diffuser on behind me and I've got three in the house. And one of my favorite rituals is I go into each of the rooms as I light each of the vaporizers or diffusers, I think about my day and I'm already processing what I need to do for the day. Then as the day goes on, I might like to top them up depending and sometimes we get that little afternoon slump. So I might change the blend or just put a drop of rosemary or my focus and clarity on a tissue and hold that close to my heart so that I act like the diffuser. And then in the evening, if I've got guests for dinner, I will place a drop on each of the placemats. They don't know that. But when the meal gets put down, they'll get this beautiful aromatic environment. I don't use smelling candles because of all the chemicals in those. I'll have just plain candles. But then I'll have my diffuser going in the background. Or we created beautiful coconut wax candles with my blends in it. So I'm just conscious of being really aware of the amount of toxicity in this world is going as clean as I can. And then I go into my evening rituals. So I'll have my bedtime shower. I don't tend to body boost at night, but I'll put a beautiful combination of oils either on a tissue to slip inside my pillow or if I'm busy, straight lavender is my go-to always. Put that on the bed. And just before I hop into bed, every night I massage my feet. So beside my bed, I have a beautiful bottle of my uh, body lotion and magnesium oil, and I'll do two pumps. I'll put the magnesium and then my beautiful instant calm blend or my peace and meditation blend, and I'll put one or two drops, and then I massage each of my feet. This is my evening ritual. 
And then I get into bed, I take some nice deep breaths, and then that allows me to have a beautiful, relaxing sleep. When my children are home, they're now adults, and my husband, I'll get a basin full of warm to hot water. I'll put lavender or instant calm or peace and meditation or whatever it is, um, balance and harmony. And I'll race with a beautiful squelched out um, flannel or face washer. And I go to each of my kids and they put it on their face. And while they're breathing that in on their face, I massage their little feet. And then I say, good night. And then I'll do that to my daughter and my son. And then if their partners are here, they get it as well. They probably lie there going, oh my gosh, she's a nuts. Um, <laughs> and then my husband gets it. So we do these beautiful aromatic facial compresses before we go to bed. Again, it sounds like lots, but it's just part of my evening routine, which I've now created as a ritual. So that would be my suggestion. How can, if you're going to have a shower, how can I make a shower a ritual? Put three drops on a flannel and place that over the base of the shower and let all those beautiful vapors come up while I have my shower. Takes an extra three seconds to put three drops on a flannel and place it in there. I've now turned a daily routine of a shower into an aromatic shower. So I guess that there's many other ways that I do it, but there there's some of the ways that I create these beautiful daily rituals. Uh, when can I come over? <laughs> <laughs> I know, whenever people stay, they're always like, oh my gosh. So I have little herbs. I, we just had guests in our house last week. And when they arrived in their room, I had little sprigs of, of rosemary in their room, but I'd done an aromatic linen thing. So when they hopped into bed that night, they went, oh my gosh, this smells amazing. Again, just simple things like lavender, chamomile, frankincense, sandalwood, all of these beautiful oils. You can just put on a tissue inside their pillow or I put a couple of drops of lavender on their sheets and then their body warmth becomes the diffuser. I I just love looking after people because I love people to feel amazing when they come to my house or my workshops. I want everyone to embrace this lifestyle because in my humble opinion, Andrea, life is so quick. We're always in a rush. We're doing so many things for so many people. It's just become my go-to to to create some quiet moments. I call them triple M's, micro moments of mindfulness. How can I create a few of those throughout their day? And my tool is essential oils. My life is so frantic and busy. My life is very full. But those triple M's, micro moments of mindfulness, are where I capture moments for me to be intentional with taking some deep breaths. So it works both ways. And I think in this day and age, if we can, I'm not asking people to slow down. I appreciate it's very hard to get people to do that. But perhaps we can add into a couple of those little rituals throughout the day or just even lighting a diffuser, putting that on every day or just putting an aromatic tissue inside your top or just putting a tissue inside the air vent of your car when you're driving, just all of those little things. I don't know. They just add to the spice of life for me. So thoughtful you are, Kim. Oh, it's amazing. Amazing. It doesn't take a lot, I promise you, but the effort and the outcome for that effort is way more than just the little bit of effort it takes to create it. Yeah. Huh. Well, you've ignited or reignited my excitement for essential oils. I will tell you that. You're just such a light, so refreshing with these things, so knowledgeable. So tomorrow, when I take my shower, what oils are good for the shower to put on the cloth? So tomorrow, you've got to think about your day. 
It's, is it a busy day? How are you feeling? Like, think about it this way. Why I love the aromatic body boost and the aromatic shower in the morning is because I'm actually asking myself, how do I feel? And then more importantly, how would I like to feel? So again, I'm creating my day by design rather than the day happening to me. I'm creating a day for me. And so let's say tomorrow morning you wake up and you had friends over for dinner tonight and maybe you stayed up a bit later than you thought. And so tomorrow morning you wake up a little bit tired, but you've got a massive day of recording or workshops or teachings or whatever it is that you've got on tomorrow, Andrea. And so you need a little bit of a lift. So that's when you might go for your uplifting oils. The citrus oils all have a beautiful uplifting effect. So do the leaf oils like rosemary, tea tree, peppermint, basil. They have an uplifting effect. Or you might go, I want to feel uplifted, but I also need to feel really calm and balanced throughout the day. So you might go uplifted, let's go orange, but I want to be calm, let's go geranium. And I also want to be really strong as I go through my day. Let's put a drop of frankincense. Can you imagine a drop of orange? a drop of geranium and a drop of frankincense onto your flannel, put that at the bottom of the shower. And as you're inhaling that, you're thinking those words already because you've already created an intention with which oils you want. Now the brain, the unconscious mind is already on board with that. You don't even have to worry about it. Your conscious mind can come into play. The unconscious mind is already enveloped or embraced those aromas based on the intentionality of what you put in there. Or you might be in a real hurry, you don't know much about oils, you might have a few blends, which is an uplifting blend, which is a calming, which is a balancing blend. You don't have to know a lot about the oils to know which. Or even more simple than that, what's your favorite oil? What's your favorite blend? With the intention of having an uplifted, grounded, calm day. In many ways, the name of a blend or the type of oil Your brain can override whatever it is that you want. So let's set it up for the unconscious mind to win. So how do I want to feel? I want to feel uplifted, calm, and yet grounded. Whatever oils or blends you use, if you go in with that intentionality, believe it or not, that will have the effect that you want, which is why mindset that you set at the very beginning is so powerful. The same can be said for placebo effect of drugs. We know when they test, there's blind testing, there's blind blinds, there's placebos. But the mind, if they think they're taking the drug to help their inflamed knee, often the placebo effect has even more effect than the actual drug because the brain already thinks that it's taking it. So I think use aromatics in the same way. We can use sound healing in the same way. We know even with things like the powerful, amazing modality of Reiki, the intentionality of that practitioner has such a profound effect on that client that I think as practitioners, we have to be mindful of what we're thinking (laughs) and be mindful of that intentionality. So I find the oils become a very tangible tool to create the anchor for me to think with the unconscious mind. So yes, you can use whatever oils, but tomorrow morning in your shower, think about the day you want, think about how you want to feel, and then choose your oils accordingly. What you're saying to me or what I'm hearing is don't worry so much about the shoulds and just kind of go with what feels right for yourself. Unless you're treating something therapeutically, play with aromatherapy. 
Use your oils. I love even using the oils for everyday ailments like coughs, colds, flus, burns, bites, stings, insomnia, those kind of things. You can use the oils for those everyday kind of ailments. But when we start heading into autoimmune or gut issues or very deep-seated mental health issues or cancer or any of that, they need more professional support, then use oils in an everyday way. And that's how I love to choose them. And here's one other thing I want to add to this. Every single essential oil that's pure, whether it's wild harvested or organic, when you use high quality pure essential oils, every single one of them are antiseptic, antibacterial, many of them are antiviral, and they have the most powerful effect on our system. So it won't matter which one you're using. Of course, something like tea tree is way more antiseptic and antibacterial than maybe orange. And we know that eucalyptus is very antiviral. But we know that all of them are antiseptic, antibacterial and antiviral to a lesser or greater degree. So when you're body boosting with your essential oils, you're using them in your aromatic shower, you're putting them in your bath, or you're using them in a diffuser, you're already protecting yourself. And that's where I say, use them daily. Use them in powerful ways. Less is more. So in the diffuser, you might be able to see behind me, there's six drops in there in total. I had three drops in my body boost this morning. I have a drop if I was going to put one in my tissue, or I've got my aromatic spritzer sitting right here that if I just wanted to give myself a little bit of a lift with that beautiful blend, I can use them. So you're using very small amounts in everyday ways. And remember, they're very highly volatile. So they evaporate or they're used very quickly. We use them in that moment, which is why I think it's one of the most powerful modalities on the planet. I'm a believer now, Kim. I'm a believer. You make me more and more excited about it the more I listen to you. Oh, I bet our listeners are a bit more curious now as well. And can you share with our listeners how to get in touch with you, how to learn more about what you offer in essential oils, but you also offer a lot of other things as well. Well, Thank you so much. That is such a beautiful opportunity. If you want to share a little bit more of my lifestyle, well, there's a couple of ways, but I just want to share a little quick something. I wrote a book called The Art of Self-Love, and it's my most recent book. And that book was based on a whole lot of research I had done around why humans struggle, why we have to go through challenging times. Because I don't know about you, but I'm yet to meet anyone who hasn't had some sort of struggle or challenge or upset. Life's not perfect, if that's the way we look at it, or maybe it is perfect, embracing both the good and not so good. But when we understand that, my beautiful son at the time was 16. And he was going through some challenging times. Teenagers, that's why I love oils for children and teenagers, because you can, I say manipulate, but I'll just say uh, support them. But you can use oils to change the way they think and feel without even telling them, because that's how powerful smell is. So he was going through a tough time and he actually, no matter how hard I tried to help him, he kind of did hit rock bottom. And Sadly for me, he came into my room. It was nine o'clock one night. My husband and I were lying in bed. My daughter had followed him in because she heard him crying and he just came into me. I won't say exactly what he said because it was a 16 year old boy, but he, he said, my life is 
It was a swear word. My life is stuffed, I'll say. I hate myself and I don't want to be here. It even makes me choke now, years later, telling the story. To see anyone we love. Plus, we'd experienced this through our family with my husband's sister. So it was big for me. And mental health is a very big passion of mine, which is why I've done so much study with it. Because I do believe what we think is what we feel and what we feel is what we think. And so often, we can change the way we think by changing what we do, which is why I love the oils. But he sat there and I looked at him and I said, Jakey, I I can't fix this for you. Neither can I wrap my arms around you and tell you it's all going to be okay. But what I can do with you is share with you what I've just written over three years of research. Would you be interested? And he looked at me and he goes, I need it, mum. So I drew a big love heart in the middle of this page of paper and I wrote self-love. And I looked at him and I said, what's the opposite to that? And he said, self-hate. And I said, I think there's something bigger than that. I actually think it's fear. Fear of not being good enough, fear of not being wanted, fear of making mistakes, fear of being hurt, fear of grief, fear of anger, loss, all of those things fit underneath fear. And so I drew this arrow coming out of the heart and I wrote fear. And I said, Jake, I think you're just in this space, but there's a way back to self-love. And there's six steps, which I'll say very quickly. Number one is self-awareness. And I said to him, just be aware that you're in a bad time right now. Life does suck sometimes. Life's not always perfect. But awareness that life sucks, you're already loving yourself because you're giving yourself permission to feel it, to heal it. The second step is self-care. In order to truly embrace the art of self-love, you've got to take care of yourself. Yet often when times are tough, we do anything but. We overdrink, we overeat, we, we do things that are not normal or we don't take care of ourselves. We think, stuff it, who cares anyway? But I'm encouraging you to take on the art of self-care. And that, Jacob, is using your oils. I'm going to run your bath and put oils in there. I want you to have something green with every meal. I want you to run our beach every day or at least every second day. I want you to embrace breath work. And I'll help you do this, but we have to take care of you while we go through this process. He said, yep. I had to keep it simple for a 16-year-old young man because if I told him too many things, but I said to him, if I put the diffuser on, it's for all of us as a family. If I run you a bath, it's for you to take care of those beautiful muscles of yours. But the third step is self-discipline. And I think that is the biggest link of all things is self-discipline. Because if we don't make it a practice, if we don't embrace it, if we don't incorporate all these things with discipline as a focus, we let it go. So I said to him, I want you to do it for 28 days. It's the name of my business. That 28 days, I want you to do this. Can you do that? And also, Jacob, I'm going to invite you not to swear at a teacher for the next 28 days. Instead, you'll use two words when they annoy you. That's interesting. It's interesting that other people have different viewpoints. Are you up for that? And he looked at me and I said, yes. And I looked across at my daughter, who's a top dancer, and I said to her, there is no way you would have healed from a broken back dancing without discipline to heal yourself. There's no way you could be the top dancer that you are without discipline. Does everybody understand discipline? My husband was also a top athlete. He played cricket for New Zealand for 10 years. I also ran for Australia and set a world record. There is no way I could have done any of that without discipline. Does everybody understand discipline? They're all looking at me. I said, when we are aware, we take care and we do it all with discipline, that leads us into being better with self-control. We're more mindful of what we say and think and do. We're better at controlling what we put into and onto our bodies. 
we have more self-control, which leads to self-respect. Now, when we have self-respect, there's no way we're going to put up with other people's rudeness or intolerances. There's no way we're going to be in a relationship that doesn't serve us. There's no way you're going to put Diet Coke or Zero or majorly high chemical perfumes onto your skin. When you understand the power of this magical thing called a body, you're not going to put things into or onto it that don't serve it. And with respect, you are going to learn and embrace things that encourage you to be a bigger, better version of yourself. And when you have self-respect, the final sixth step is self-acceptance. And so, Jakey, when you can work through these six steps, you will accept the good and the not so good of you. You will embrace yourself warts and all. You will know this is just a reason or a season in your life, not your whole life. And you will understand that to love yourself takes time and it takes practice. But you've got to use your oils. You've got to make sure we do this as a daily practice. And you've got to want to do it. Are you up for it? Still makes me a bit emotional. He looked at me and he goes, Mom, I've never heard anyone explain it like this before. You have to write a book. And so my book, The Art of Self-Love, became a book for because of Jacob. Also, my husband had been through a world of pain. We nearly lost our marriage many years ago after losing all our money in a financial institution that crashed, starting my business, realizing we had no money to do it, um, realizing and understanding how pained he was throughout his life watching my daughter try to create a career that COVID took it out from underneath her, all of these things. I don't share this for any pity. I share it because I know every one of you watching and listening this can identify with it. We all go through challenge and change. And so that book, when I wrote The Art of Self-Love, all the steps in there have got oils in there associated to the emotion that we think and feel and the actions that we can take, which oils are best for what. And so in my work, whether you read the book, and if you're not sick of me already, you can download it and listen to me for eight hours, read it to you. (laughs) But I talk about the oils and how they place such significance in the emotions that we feel, and more importantly, how we want to feel how we want to show up in this life. No matter what happens to us, we realize it's all an opportunity to teach us something or to challenge us or to grow us. And so if you wanted to, you could go and get the book, The Art of Self-Love. You can get that off my website, which is the word 20 and the number 8.com, 28.com. Or if you want to follow me more personally, it's kimmorrison.com. And so all of them tie in And I have online workshops. I have a beautiful online self-love and wellness mentorship group that every Tuesday they show discipline and show up and we have a one-hour session. I have the Essential Self-Mastery Program that if you really want to dive deep into this, you'll find all that information on kimmorrison.com and that's a 15-week online program. So I hope in my Instagram posts on Kim Morrison and the number 28 or 20.8 Essentials, you can follow how I do life, if that lights you up. And I hope that gives you enough to dabble or you can listen to my self-love podcast for free. Any of those routes will take you on a journey to find more about how I live this aromatic lifestyle. Wow. And what a journey it is, Kim. Wow. (laughs) Beautiful. It is a big journey. And I'm sure every single guest, I'm sure if I turn around when I get you on my podcast, (laughs) I'll get to hear your incredible story. And I'm sure every single person listening to this 
I just would love them to take away. Oh, this beautiful quote's just come to my mind. When you look after you and when you do things that light your heart and soul, there's this beautiful quote. When there is light in the soul, there is beauty in the person. When there's beauty in the person, there's harmony in the home. When there's harmony in the home, there is order in the nation. When there's order in the nation, there is peace in this world. So if we all want peace out there, if we all want a great life, we can't go out there looking for it. You have to take action. You have to be mindful. Set intentionality. Look after this beautiful heart, mind, body, and soul. Appreciate that the 50 trillion cells that make up this body deserve for you to look after them. Then that is the greatest gift you will bestow, not only to yourself, but to your family, your community, and this planet. Please take care and be kind. Words to live by. Absolutely love it, Kim. It's just been such a joy and honor to have you here. And we'll, of course, include the links to find you in the show notes and the video description to help our listeners find you even more easily. Thank you again, Kim. It's been wonderful. Oh, Kim, I thank you and your beautiful team for inviting me. It is a true privilege and honor. And I just, I want to publicly thank you for all the work you do. Thank you so much, Andrea. Thank you, Kim. This episode is sponsored by the new Mainstream Reiki community, where we bring together Reiki practitioners of all levels, styles, and lineages to build a supportive, like-minded community, continue our education and practice together so that we can deepen our understanding of Reiki, explore related topics, and empower ourselves and each other to practice Reiki with more confidence. Join us for live Reiki practice, participate in group mentoring sessions, and conversations to share insights and connect with other Reiki practitioners in a welcoming atmosphere free of social media and advertising. If you'd like to learn more about joining us there, please visit members.mainstreamreiki.com. Thank you for listening, and you can check the show notes or visit the website beyondthereikigateway.com to find out more about the podcast and connect with me. Please keep in mind that views and opinions expressed in the show don't necessarily reflect those of the podcast or anyone affiliated with its production or advertising. This program is presented for your entertainment only, and all information provided is to be utilized at the listener's own discretion. I, along with the BTRG team, hope you enjoy the show as much as we enjoy making it for you. Wishing you highest blessings until we meet again beyond the Reiki Gateway.